really think about this of like when you work with a client, like what's the least amount I can do to give them so they can see the results that they want. If you do that, they will stay with you longer, they will be happier, and they will lose more in the long run. Hi, I'm Scott Schutte. And I'm Dr. Janine Steister. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach with the Jock and the Doc. We are here to disrupt some of the current thinking around how the fitness industry approaches clients. Our goal is to educate and inspire fitness professionals to get the results, income, hours, and career that they want and deserve. Our combined experience in education in psychology and fitness create a new insight on ways to become the ultimate coach. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. I'm the Jock and this is the Doc. And we are going over MED, Minimum Effective Dose, and the Power of Three today. Uh, the Doc was kind enough to draw up this fancy graph that we're going to be going over today. And it's breaking down total input by the client with total output. And then also the Power of Three and how we use that to get to the most effective um, dose out of the minimal effective days. So, if you want to break that down. So, there's a couple of things. One of them is we know that um, client compliance, as people call it a lot, um, is usually one of the biggest struggles. We can give great suggestions, um, great process, great goal, and if the client isn't able to uh, follow those strategies and suggestions or be consistent with it, we know that there's um, a very low likelihood that we're going to hit the goals. They're going to be frustrated and we're not going to feel as effective. So one of the key things to do is really think about um, how much effort that they have to put out for what they're getting in return towards their goal. And so Scott and I will give some examples and go through this a little bit. And then the other part is giving them um, typically no more than three key things that they're working on. And we'll talk about three key areas that, that we tend to use. But the point is, the power of three, as I like to call it, is there's a lot of research about how much information that we can hold in our brains at any given time. And a lot of that um, is around the notion of three. We remember three better. It works for the way that our brains are wired. And even if you think about phone numbers and area codes and things like that, we break it down into threes and fours because it's much easier to remember and execute. So we're going to play with those concepts today and um, show you a few ways that we talk to our clients about this. So the last episode we did was on goal setting, and, and that has to be the first step for this because what we're doing is like, what's the minimum effective dose for people to reach their goals? So last time we talked about goals of like, okay, so say it's weight loss and we have a timeline, then what we, we, we see what we need to do incrementally, incrementally across that time to do that. And so when clients come in, they're used to this all or nothing approach. And so I have some examples here, like there's 75 hard, there's whole 30, there's people going paleo, keto, keto vegan, zero sugar. And some of these things, that doesn't mean that they're bad. Um, I've seen people get great success off of 75 hard or whole 30 or going paleo. The problem is when people, a lot of people are coming in and they're like, they're not doing anything. They're not really choosing it healthier foods. They're not really doing any activity. And now 75 hard is like, all right, do two workouts a day. So they'll get good returns off this, their output, but their, their input is way over here. And then the 75 day goes, days are over and then they don't really know what to do. So all they know is like all in or all out. So then they go back here because that's all they know. They don't know anywhere in between. And so our job as coaches is to help educate our clients. And we slowly build that up by people coming in and we're, we're making small changes. So what's the least that they have to do to get the results they want? Because 
for the most of us, we're not working with professional athletes. We're not working with people that are getting on stage. We're working on people that have kids, have jobs, have stressors. They have a lot of shit going on and we don't want to add more stress to their life. So if we can be like, if we can just change a couple things around and they can feel better and their weight's going down and their health markers are improving, that's all we need to be doing. And then slowly growing on that. And because the beauty of this is, this, this is a lot of effort at first for people to change their habits. And once we get that and form that as into a long-term habit, it's, it doesn't take that much effort anymore. So actually the input becomes much, much easier moving over. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build these long-term habits for people. And so again, you know, it's thinking about too, like if I'm wanting to lose 30 pounds or 25 pounds, or if I want to feel better in my clothes or um, be able to pick up grandchildren or whatever it is that people want to do, and at what point are they feeling better? And what point can they do some of these activities that fit into their lifestyle and that they can maintain? And so part of that is really kind of, and I just drew it out, he threw me under the bus, it's a bad graph, but it, um, but no, it, it, it's just kind of looking at those values and figuring out um, where those are for people. And part of it is having conversations with them and understanding what they've tried in the past, what wasn't working or what felt too hard or what felt non-sustainable. And then we also talk about our power of three. So what we do with all our clients here, okay, we know what the goal is and we kind of break down what they're already doing. So if we see someone throughout the day, they're like really under on their protein. Uh, but they like to drink hot coffee in the morning. Well, I'm like, well, uh, collagen is a great thing that you can throw in your coffee uh, and mix as well. You don't know it's there. Um, it adds more protein to your day, and it's already something that you're already doing. It. So I believe we call it habit stacking in the sense of like it's a habit you already have, but we're going to add this thing to it. So when we look and break down that person, their deficiency might be the protein throughout the day. So we need to find some ways to improve that. Now, if I was like, well, I need you to get up and I need you to cook breakfast and I need you to eat it. And if, if that's something that they're not used to doing, then they have to get up earlier, then they have to prep and have some food and then they have to eat something. First, like if I just say, add some collagen to your coffee, it's a way to get up the protein without changing their lifestyle. The caloric offenders. So the majority of the people we work with are trying to lose some weight. So many people come in like, okay, what should my calories be? What should my macros be? For the majority of people, I don't even get into the calories and macros specifically. Now again, a lot of this depends. For the right person at the right time, it can be educational, but overall, we work with caloric offenders. So how do we find ways to find some replacements for these high calorie things that they're doing? Which we'll get into replacements in a, in a letter episode because a lot of that gets to their the root cause for why they're doing that. But if we can find good replacements for lecoic fenders, calories go down overall without actually tracking specific calories and the weight goes down. And then activity. Activity is just key for people and like reducing stress. I mean, we can talk about getting stronger. We can talk about getting more mobile. We can talk about people improving their stamina. Like a lot of people, like, a lot of people are coming in and they're doing next to nothing. Just starting off with some walks each other. We get five minutes in a day. Like what's the minimum that they can do to get some movement in? Over time we can increase that so they're doing more and more so they can have this balance between strength and flexibility and stamina. But at first it's just keeping people moving. So what's the minimum effective dose for these three things? The other thing I like about these three things is again, you know, Scott mentioned we're adding. Um, we're trying to reduce some things that are excess. Um, and then we're moving more and doing those type of things. And if these three, if you think about those from a lifestyle perspective, that's three that people can always remember, regardless of if the seasons of their life changed or they've gone on vacation and come back and it's like, okay, I had a little extra. What do I need to do? Oh, okay. 
what do I need to have more protein? I was having too many drinks on the beach and now I need to increase my protein. What can I take away or reduce? And then how much movement can I do and how can I increase that? And those are three just key areas that is easy to grab mentally and then can be used for as a lifestyle regardless of what the deficiency or the calorie offender or the type of activity is. So people can plug and play that and not have to reinvent a whole new process in five years or six months. One of the top reasons I see coaches struggle with this is because they think people should have the same lifestyle that they do. And so I really see two types of coaches. We have the young coach that um, is still kind of living off of, of, of being young and lean and he kind of eat whatever, eats whatever he wants and kind of does whatever he wants to do. And then we have the more experienced coach that's very disciplined. They're like eating out of Tupperware throughout the day. They're, they're prepping all the weekend. They're working out six days a week. They're very active. And again, we got to take... You know, into account, our, a lot of our clients that come in are doing very little. And so for us to be like, well, you should have this many calories and this many macros and you should prep on the weekends and you shouldn't drink any alcohol and you should go for a run three times a week and you should lift four times a week and you should do yoga three times a week. It's just like, they're like, holy shit, this is a lot. And really what we need to do is like, okay, let's add some collagen to your coffee. Let's um, reduce your snack, late night snacking. Let's find a replacement for that so it's less calories you're getting in. And let's get some walks in. Because if you give people too much and they fail, they're just going to quit. And that's not what you want. You want to give people a chance to succeed. And you start off slow and you still you build and you build. And this might take a few weeks for them to even get this down because a lot of times clients come in and they're excited for the change. They're like, oh, man, I really want to lose some weight. So I'm going to do everything you say. As soon as they walk out of the door, they're like, their you know, spouse is calling, their kids are crying, they got work duties, like they have all this stuff. And it's like three days later, I'm like, oh shit, what did that trainer tell me to do? And so that's why it's good to have that follow-up too. Like, hey, how are you doing with these things? So it kind of re-engages them. And when people come back and they've done this, you know, half the time, I'm like, this is a huge win because you were doing nothing. Now we're doing something and we're just going to keep building on that. Yeah. And again, I think also um, to kind of, you know, put a bow on that a little bit too is it also allows you to get away from, you know, you hear clients coming in and it's like, oh, for activity, is running better? Should I be power walking? Does tennis burn more calories? Is yoga good enough? We're talking about increasing activity, and activity can have many forms. It can be taking your kid on, in the stroller for a walk. It can be taking your dog. Um, it can be going on a trail run. It can be um, doing martial arts. What is that activity and allowing people to plug and play what means something to them and that they enjoy and not having to feel like there's a right answer and the wrong answer and that they constantly have to search for that. And, and going back over to our examples over here, sometimes you're going to have clients coming to you that are already doing these things. I don't get on to them. I'm like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. My job is to step in when they're done with one of these programs because that's where they need the most help. Because a lot of times these programs, they're just uh, relying on willpower. They're like, well, I just got to do this for 75 days or 30 days or whatever it is. Once I have the willpower, willpower. What our job is to step in when they're done with that, when they need to have this like long-term lifestyle change of like, okay, this is how you're gonna do this for the rest of your life. This is how you're gonna keep the weight off that you've lost during that program. And so really think about this of like when you're working with your clients, like what's the least amount I can do to give them so they can see the results that they want. If you do that, they will stay with you longer, they will be happier, and they will lose more in the long run. And that's what's important. Yep. And we talked a little bit about replacement behaviors and things like that. Next time, um, we'll spend some more time on root causes, replacement behaviors, and some of those concepts as well to help tie this up. So, thanks. That's all we got for today.